0: Now there's a new type of treatment method these days being used in line with the rhythm of your brain. It's a method called neurofeedback and it's a training method if you like as well that's receiving a spotlight as a treatment option uh, but it could be for various illnesses. Cho this sounds pretty fascinating.
1: Well, good morning, Alex, and I'm kind of excited about this kind of new treatment. But neurofeedback, it's actually a technique in which you train the brain to help improve its ability to regulate all bodily functions and to take care of itself. So when the brain is not functioning well, mm-hmm. evidence of this often shows up in the EEGO or electroencephalogram. <laughs> and by challenging the brain, much as you challenge your body in physical exercise, we can help your brain learn to function much better. And a better functioning brain can, of course, improve your sleep patterns. And when you sleep more efficiently, you're more alert during the day. Yes. And it can help with anxiety and depression and with syndromes like migraines or chronic pain, as well as chronic fatigue, they say. And it's also helpful in managing attention, how well you can persist even at a boring task. And third, It can help you manage the emotions. Emotions may feel like the real you, but your brain has a lot to say about how you feel and react. Um, If the emotions are out of control, that's trainable. If they aren't there as a lack of empathy, for example, that is also trainable as well. And finally, there are other uh, specific issues where the EEG neurofeedback training can be helpful, such as um, seizures, traumatic brain injury, stroke, Mm -hmm. and autism even. Wow. And in these instances, the training does not so much get rid of the problem as it simply organizes the brain to function better in the context of whatever injury or loss exists. Exists. It has been proven to be effective, or not completely treating, but um, be effective in a- helping autism, insomnia, anxiety, chronic fatigue, obsession, compulsion, even Alzheimer's and Parkinson's
0: disease. Well, there's obviously an urgent need for new approaches for several of these conditions, mm-hmm. including depression, which can be very difficult to get yes. inside mm-hmm. and to actually treat the root of that problem Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, just trying to deal... I mean, even when we're talking about serotonin uh, medications or related to serotonin uh, uptake, it's so mysterious. Yes. So, um there's some hope here.
1: Yes, well um, there's been a lot of research going into depression, some are even look at the genetics part of it trying to find the root cause, but not everyone, as you mentioned, responds to the current treatments like antidepressant medication as well as talk therapy Uh, Neurofeedback, however aims to be more precise than the current therapies it directly targets the brain dysfunctions and emotional and cognitive processes that are under Stood to underlie these uh, psychiatric disorders. Doctors hope that treatments could also be personalized to address the issues in each individual's brain. So in neurofeedback, patients lie in a functional magnetic resonance imaging scanner. and In general, they're told to conjure memories or look at pictures while their brains are being scanned. And the activity of certain brain regions related to subjects' illnesses is analyzed through a computer. And there was a study of 23 depressed patients published in 2014 in the journal PLOS One. Uh, the happiness scores in the active group jumped 20%. And And the control group went up just 2%. Depression scores and an anxiety measure also dropped after treatment. But depression also dropped among those in the control group as well. So in the results from a more recent study, after two sessions of neurofeedback, depression scores dropped 50% when in the control group they dropped 10%. So the science on neurofeedback for these disorders is still is in its early stages. Mm. Uh, so far, studies are very small and researchers are still trying to figure out which brain areas to target and how many sessions to try. So it's still an ongoing process
0: then there's this thing called sports tech that our athletes at the Olympics have been using in their training. How, yes. how does that uh, take this to a different level?
1: <laughs> well, um, maybe on a similar note and a slightly different note as well, but sports tech refers to ICT and related devices that are used to enhance the effects of the sports athletes. It, rain- it raises the training efficiency and maximizes their potential, um, So, which is effective in creating new records for them. So before the Rio Olympics, there were various technologies involved with enhancing performances of athletes in various countries, not only in Korea, um, such as using big data analysis solutions, uh, special hats even, and augmented reality smart glasses and wearable sensors. The Korean national team used these high-tech gadgets and technologies. The Sports Development Institute actually created a sports tech program called Rio Gold Project, which supported 11 sports events such as archery fencing and hockey that they thought had a good chance of getting a medal so archers were trained to control their brain waves to create positive brain waves, while fencers attached thousands of markers on their body to precisely check their movements in a 3d environment
0: one thing about all these things as much hope as there may be attached to it, especially on the therapeutic side that you talked about before. Mm-hmm. It sounds very expensive. We've got to find a way to make this more accessible to more people. Oh, yes. Chojuan, though, thank you very much for opening up a whole new area for many of us, I'm sure, with today's glossary.
1: Thank you, Alex.